Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi villains and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast and we've got a special show for you today. It's a little bit of a bonus intermediary show as well in between the madness I think of uh, what happened against Wolves and what I'm sure is going to happen against Burnley and before we get into the Christmas season I didn't want it to be to be left without taking a little view in towards how the Aston Villa women's team is going at the moment. And I'm delighted to be joined by Adam Reaper, uh, right for Since 71 blog and um, at Midlands WOSO as well on Twitter. Adam, thanks so much for joining me today. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, cheers for having me on to talk about the women. It's uh, nice to see some other people giving it some exposure. Yeah, it's look, it's 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 great. In in Ireland, there's you know, women's football is is quite big, and, and women's sport in general is quite big. I think one of the biggest uh, women's uh, sport gatherings, uh, live audiences or attendances, I think, has happened in Ireland for our our local indigenous sport, uh, Gaelic football, and uh, you know, we always keep a keep it a nice eye on, on on women's sport as well because it's uh you know it's it's important to kind of highlight it and it's important to showcase it as well because uh you know it's 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 every bit as equal as any other sport that you will see so i'm delighted to have you on and from my own kind of view looking at the aston villa women's team um i suppose i would have I remember back in the, I suppose the, the earliest thing I can remember from the Aston Villa women's team is I remember looking, I was maybe about 11 or 12. I remember looking and seeing that they used to be called the, the Villa Aztecs. And I went, that is a class name. That is an unbelievable name. And and, and since then, I didn't know at the time because I was only about 12. I didn't know that they had the Aston Villa a women's team. And uh, that kind of sparked my interest because it was such a cool name. And I know that a lot of the, a lot of the, the women's teams back then would have had kind of almost quote-unquote franchise names as such 
but I definitely thought that one stole the that one took took the biscuit for me. I thought it was brilliant. But obviously they've evolved and they've changed their names and they were the Villa Ladies. And I think in 2019, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, when Christian Perslow came on with the board, he said that it was a better. Uh, altogether better thing to change them to the Aston Villa women's team to keep it more in line with the with the way that the 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 female sport the female football was going going throughout the the I suppose the country at the time is 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 that fair to say that since I suppose since Christian Perslow and since the the new management that we have now there has been a bit more impetus on actual women's football in Villa. Yeah, I think um, a lot of the teams have now changed to become women rather than ladies. And um, I think it's just, it, it shows a bit more professionalism. And uh, obviously when Perslow decided it was time that Villa should be up in the top division as well with women's football as well as the men's, he uh, pushed for that at the end of the season. And then as soon as we got it, we were ready to go and push on as the Villa women. Yeah. And you mentioned it there as well, that they were promoted for, uh, to the WSL in, in you know, the season just gone as well. First time since 04, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was 04 they were, they were there. Yeah, it's um, before the WSL days that they've been in the top division because um, they've, they've always been WSL too when it became the Women's Championship. So this is the first time in the new kind of structure that they've been in the top division. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um and uh obviously the, when you gain promotion to the newest division there's uh there's obviously going to be a bit of a spending spree I think and and Villa brought in you know some yeah. some some names I, I look I realistically as I said this is my foray into really becoming a fan of the Aston Villa women's team as I said I've watched them but some of the names that that, that they brought in like uh. Anita Sante, uh, um, obviously she played so many times for England and I'd known that from watching Women's World Cups and stuff like that before with, with, with her there. But um, overall, do you feel that the, that the signings were were good and they've made a big difference to this team? The, uh, the interesting thing was when they were first announced, I'd only really heard of two of them, um, which was a little bit of a worry because not a lot of them have got um, any WSL experience, which is massive going forward mm -hmm. to stay in the division and then build on it. Um, like people like Chloe Arthur, she'd played for Bristol City before mm -hmm. and then came to us from Birmingham City. She, um, she was one of the names I'd heard of as well as Asante, which obviously international player, a lot of experience. Um, I'd actually heard of Ramona Petzelberger before as well, because uh, I've, I've seen her play for Leverkusen. I mean, this was a long time. So it was nice to see her come in. Um, and some of the others were a bit of the unknown, but they've, they've stepped up to the plate now mm -hmm. and um, starting to prove and make their way in the team. Yeah. And obviously you've got some players out that were, that were in the team as well. You know, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Chloe Arthur. Obviously she came, she came over more recently, but uh, they stuck with a lot of players that gained promotion from last year. Uh, from from the the league below last year, and the likes of Emma Follis and Jody Hutton and so on, are these are these players showing that they're every bit worthy of playing within the WSL after promotion? Yeah, that was one of the interesting things that you you never really know making the step up because a lot of our players have been with us. Obviously, Emma Follis was there. She left to go red in Birmingham and then came back to us. A lot of them have come through the youth and it'd be interesting to see if they could make the step up. And uh, I think so far we're proving that we can compete with most teams and 
it's only going to get better as the team gels as well. Yeah, and and I suppose uh, being kind of I suppose clueless about the structures that Aston Villa have for a women's team, is there very much a vibrant youth structure within Villa? Because look, it's uh, every team is going to have to grow a lot of their own homegrown players. I would imagine at this, you know, especially when you're finding your way in the WSL, is there a vibrant structure there? You know, is there a kind of a feeder system for getting players into younger underage uh, British uh, English setups? Yeah, we had, um, when we were Villa Ladies, we had a development team, but uh, they stopped that a couple of seasons ago. And um, now they've started the uh, Villa Academy, mm-hmm. which um, people like Kerry Welsh from past years now is working with Jack Peel on bringing the younger players through. And I think they're really looking at that towards the future. Um, again, a lot of those players are starting to get uh England youth caps and stuff like that that you can see on the tour. So mm-hmm. they are starting to build towards it and hopefully they'll be a big part of the future. And uh, this is probably going to be my last question for you, but uh, I've got to bunk it up a small bit there. Is there but um, Perslow on this new board, um, I kind of asked it in a slightly roundabout way earlier and, and then I went down to maybe try and answer it myself, which is, is one of my failings. <laughs> I should always let, always let, always let the guest answer the question. <laughs> but uh, Perslow and the board's vision for the club, you know, they, they seem to have put the, like, like first of all, the, the kit, uh, the kit, kit unveiling, uh, you know, and little things like that. It makes a big deal. If you can't be seen, then you can't influence people. And I think stuff like that. But what is, is, is there a feeling that the overall, that the board and the Christian Perslow have, uh, they, they've got massive plans for this team and that they actually wanted to, you know, become an entity going forward as part of the Aston Villa Football Club? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, obviously you hear a few things and you, you take on board what's true and what's not. But first, they wanted to, be, to make Aston Villa women the best team in the Midlands. That was his overall one that Aston Villa should be the best team in women's football and in men's and so far he's, he's starting to build towards that obviously we still have a little bit to catch on Birmingham City but it's the closest we've ever been since I've started watching the Villa women play which obviously is, is fantastic yeah, and you know what? I'm all for putting Birmingham out of business. I'm all for it. it looks like the <laughs> looks like their men's team are going to get rid of their academy. You know, I'm all for putting them all out of business. It's fine. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's one of them. We all love the Blues, don't we? Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> we lo- we love the fact that they're there because they're like that little brother that you can always just punch in the arm and they can never do anything about. That's it. true. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, so, like, I suppose looking looking towards the, the structures, they've they've got a manager in Gemma Davis, and and I don't know very much much about her. Um, you want to give me a little bit of an insight with, the, with regards to her pedigree? You know what she's done for the club and how your feeling is, how she's setting the club up as as, as we look to run forward. Yeah, it's um it's an interesting one because when I first started watching, we had Joe Hunt for a long time. Um, and then we had Ian Sankey in between, who wasn't there too long. But when Gemma came in, I say we were a team that was that realistically was struggling in the WSL too. Um, obviously, her first game, we lost, you know, 12-0 to Man United, which is a nice way to step in and shows her personality and her character to step back and, and build the team. And it was going to take quite a while. And um, yeah, I think it's... She's, she seems a very a very good person and a very close person to the players. 
um, which I think they need. Obviously, she's very young, as some of the other players are as well. Um, and yeah, she's she's um, doing fantastic with the club at the moment, and hopefully, it will continue into the future with her. And having, I suppose, a proper set, uh, and, and I don't mean this in a disingenuous way, but you know, you're looking, you've got a figurehead there with the with with the the women's club as well, and any local uh, as well. Obviously, you know, she's she's played uh, to to the highest level of the game, um, you know, and 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 uh, and she's she's somebody that you know she's got her own star to, to 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 follow and and she's bringing Aston Villa with her I suppose in a way too but she's she's somebody that people will know you know she's she's almost a household name I suppose with the game as well um is it a good thing having somebody like that with the club is, are there any drawbacks to her? what's the situation there as I say I know her from her time playing the sport I know very little of her since she's since she's packed it in but um you know what's her role within the club as such um her role, I'm not totally sure. I think I'm sure she's the ambassador for um, the women's football, mm-hmm. which obviously, like you say, it's your figurehead going forward. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, before I even knew Aston Villa had a football club for the women, I'd seen her play for England and Chelsea and other teams. So to have her kind of as as a figurehead, a lot of players will want to come just because of the name as well. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, she's just done the uh, BT Sports Ultimate Goal as well, which is another fantastic push towards women's football. And again, it's it's a name that's connected with Aston Villa when people look it up and want to see what she wants to do for the future. Yeah, yeah, which is, I, I suppose, really... Um, you know, having somebody that has that kind of gravitas and that that, that household name... Uh, if nothing else, it's going to bring younger players towards it because there would be players that would have looked up and would have got into the sport from watching her play and so on. So, um, yeah, look, I, it, it sounds, you know, from everything here that the Villa are surrounding this this club and the, and, and would certainly the women's side of the club as well with. Uh, uh, I suppose with with people with the right mindset at the right age, everybody seems to be very young. From from uh, you know what you've said, and, and that they can grow with the club together. So that's that that seems to be fantastic to see. But I I suppose looking at the table this year, I think the table is probably a bit more misleading. I think so than anything else. You mentioned Man Man United beat um beat this team 12 nil a couple of years ago, and obviously they're scaling the heights of the league at the moment, and they they've the top of the league at the minute. So I suppose there's nothing really, there's there's no shame in that. But Villa are one point one place above the relegation zone, one place above Bristol City, but albeit four points above Bristol City at the moment. Um, are they in danger of going down or what way is the league? Because when you look at it, one win looks to propel them and catapult them up above Birmingham City, you know? Yeah, it's um, it's it's a very strange league most of the times, and and this year's no different. You kind of you have your top four, then you have kind of your middle teams, and then you have a fair few teams at the bottom. But there's there's usually two or three from the start that you think it could be our year, it could not be. But I, I mean, not to sound too confident, too cocky, I think Villa will be all right in the long run. Mm. Um, there are a couple of games behind everyone because of the stop-start with the COVID situation as well. Um, obviously, getting the win over Bristol City was huge. And obviously, you know, to, to keep that team below you, you need to be beating them and outscoring them on points. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of our games have been close. Um, it's little situations and little things that we can do with improving. But that, again, that's the step up to the higher division from what we've been used to in the in the yeah. past. Yeah, yeah, and that's all. I suppose that is it's all a learning curve. We mentioned younger players are going to need to learn how to play at this level. And yes, they did bring in uh, the experience of uh, someone like Anita Asante, who is 10 days younger than me. So if she could play at the top level, then I need to dust off my boots and start start getting back to training. Still again. Make it a go. I can still make it. Yeah, I can still make it in the professional game. But uh, bringing in that experience, as you mentioned, uh, you mentioned uh, some other players as well in the signings will, will help these people grow. But um, and it would be great for Aston Villa to stay up in, in the league because the last two forays into the, into the top division of women's football, um, they've gotten relegated the, that year again and relegated straight away. So stability, kind of like what the men's team did last year, gaining stability, gaining traction, building from there because maybe there was a lot more players who wanted to join Aston Villa this year, but were maybe just a small bit uh, kind of on the fence saying, oh, we'll see how this goes. You know, a first time team in the, in the WSL can, can, can maybe put people off. Yeah. That's, that's the worry with coming up because if you go straight back down, it's always harder to come up mm-hmm. again the second time. Obviously, like you say, with the men, it took us a while to get back up, but that, the first season is so important to stay up and build. Um, and again, you you attract more people. You you have a chance. You know how things are and you can always improve on what you've done the season before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I suppose the negative is if you do go down, which, you know, as you say, we, know, we don't expect Aston Villa women's team to... What you've done is you've showcased your players who then maybe they got wins the show they can play in that league then are, are, are right pickings for the teams maybe towards the top of the league. So it's very much a dog-eat-dog uh, kind of league, I would imagine, looking at the, the the way that players move frequently between teams and so on, that uh, it is a dog-eat-dog league, that if you prove that you are WSL quality, well, then if your team gets ready, really somebody's going to have you. You know, and, and it can be difficult to build from there. But no, as I say, from listening to what you've said there and, and I suppose just really looking at the league and looking at a kind of trends for, for uh, performances and so on, I, I myself feel a lot more confident that the team are going to stay up and um, maybe even push further up the league. As I say, we, we want to be finishing above Birmingham City if we are going to put them out of business like Perslow. Yeah, that would, that would be really cool, yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, they, they, when we go and play them at home, it, it could be a very different story than when we played them at Villa Park. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the fans might be back in by then as well, which, you know, hopefully we can go up there and give it a bit of an edge as well. Exactly. Exactly. That would be, uh, that would be something I think, I think we're all looking for that in every aspect of every sporting event. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. yeah. We just had our, we just had our, our national, our indigenous games here, hurling of football and like they would gr- draw a crowd of 85,000 to, to, Oh, nice. Uh, and we had the, we had a hurling final. It was played to no one. There was nobody in the stands. And yeah. It just, just felt a bit, felt a bit weird. So like for every sporting occasion, I think it would be great to get people in the stands, but ne- Always, it's always good to have people in the stands to go uh, when you're playing against Birmingham, uh, regardless of the sporting event, to, to give it a bit of. Well, as as um as Villa fans, we've been waiting to play Birmingham City in the top division. Yeah. I mean, we haven't played them for a couple of years. That hasn't been a friendly. Mm. Um, we have our own little band where we go and sing the players' songs and get behind them and try and make some noise. And obviously, we can't wait to get back. Yeah. And that Birmingham City game is the one we all want the most. I can imagine. And, so. and of course, it'd be nice to go and play Manchester United again and, and maybe just get something this time. Yeah. Yeah. 
and not get beat 12 nil, as they say. This time, different. Yeah, leagues, I mean, different the, the thing. Yeah, the thing with Man United is the first game they beat us 12 nil, second was 5 nil, and it was only 2 nil with an 89th minute goal yeah. in, in our first WSL. So it shows the improvement as well between the two teams. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, as I say, you got to learn how to play in the league, just like every other league. You know, you got to learn how to play in the league as well. So uh, that kind of progression is something the teams can build on. And I know a lot of people will say, oh, we don't like to see moral victories. But, you know, when you're a young team, moral victories can be as good as anything else to show that you actually belong and deserve to be in that league. And, you know, Man United, there was a lot of, you know, kowtowing or whatever to Man United even at the start of the season. You know, you look down through the English English squad and you see Man United, Man City, Man United, Man City all over the place. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. They, they are going to be the two top, top dogs in, in that division. And, and if you're if you're running them close or, or getting anything from them, you know, you it's something to be proud of, I think, for such a young team that that, that is coming up into that division. Well, again, even playing Manchester City, we lost to them 8-0 a couple of years ago. And obviously, first game of the season again. It was it was only two nil, so getting, the gap is getting closer, and hopefully, we can improve on that by staying in the division and, and growing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And as I say, time is uh, time. The time will. I, I was going to say time will tell. That's not what I wanted to say, but I said time is a, is, yeah. a, is a good kind of a growth measurement. It's a good KPI from that point of view. And as you said. Maybe the gaps in COVID, maybe the gaps in the league from COVID will actually help this team as they gel together, just like it did for the men's team last year. They gel together and all of a sudden they started putting a run of, run of fixtures together. And uh, as you say, when a young team, it's always good to have time together to grow as opposed to constantly moving and shifting your focus towards different teams and different weekends. So so hopefully that, uh, that will, will happen and that the team can catapult themselves up through the league. Adam, thank you so much for, for popping on. As I say, I was... I was a, a, a kind of a spectator from afar at, at the women's football. I would look at the I would look at the results, but I then never really got under the bonnet to see really what was going on with the actual club itself. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm, I'm definitely gonna no gonna so. chat to you again on it. You know, I'm gonna want, I'm gonna want really yeah. Good. And and um, whenever when COVID's over and everything, you're always more than welcome to come to uh, watch the Villa women if you're ever over as well. Absolutely. I if mean. They, it, be great. I know uh, we had a couple of lads come over from Amsterdam that was watching the Villa men, and they come mm. up and watch the women as well because they were on different days. So yeah. you never know. That'd be great. Why not? Absolutely. Why not? When in when in yeah. in Birmingham for a weekend? Why not make a weekend out? That's it. it yeah. They say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. No. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Uh, listen, thanks so much uh, again, uh, Adam. And as I say, everybody, uh, you can follow him on, on Twitter, Adam Reapa. It's at Adam, R-E-A-P-A. And uh, you can follow his writing on since at Since71blog on at Midland, at Midland W-O-S-O as well. Uh, you can follow us here on the pod on at Love McGrath pod. You can, fo- you can follow Paddy, my co-host, who isn't here tonight, on at Villa Paddy. Uh, continue to subscribe. Give us any any ratings that you like as long as they're five star ratings there would be great and any written reviews would be good as well uh guys we'll be back to you as well before the, or just after the burnley game with uh with the review of that game uh, hoping for some for good results there as well and uh all that's left to say is up the villa
Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.